Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I am Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church, and it is day 773, and we are moving on to Song of Solomon chapter 4 today, as Solomon uh, is apparently admiring the beauty of his bride, or, or perhaps it is just the husband admiring the beauty of of the bride. It's unclear exactly what's happening here. As is often the case in Song of Solomon, in many cases, um, it's one of the most difficult books in the Bible to really understand rightly. Um, and I don't know that God's wanting us to sort of decode it like a puzzle as much as he's wanting us to learn to see Jesus in it and to, to see our own marriages uh, as, as something we should value in it. So let's pray and ask his help as we go to his word today. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Your word is light and truth, life. Father, prepare our hearts to receive, our minds to understand, our lives to respond to your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're in Song of Solomon chapter 4, and um, the heading in the ESV says, Solomon admires his bride's beauty. So we begin with the he speaking. Behold, you are beautiful, my love. Behold, you are beautiful. Your eyes are doves behind your veil. Your hair is like a flock of goats leaping down the slopes of Gilead. Your teeth are like a flock of shorn ewes that have come up from the washing, all of which bear twins, and not one among them has lost its young. Your lips are like a scarlet thread, and your mouth is lovely. Your cheeks are like the halves of a pomegranate behind your veil. Your neck is like the Tower of David, built in rows of stone. On it hang a thousand shields, all of them shields of warriors. Your two breasts are like two fawns, twins of a gazelle that graze among the lilies, until the day breathes and the shadows flee. I will go away to the mountain of myrrh and the hill of frankincense. You are altogether beautiful, my love. There is no flaw in you. Come with me from Lebanon, my bride. Come with me from Lebanon. Depart from the peak of Amana, from the peak of Sinir and Hermon, from the dens of lions, from the mountains of leopards. You have captivated my heart, my sister, my bride. You have captivated my heart with one glance of your eyes, with one jewel of your necklace. How beautiful is your love, my sister, my bride. How much better is your love than wine and the fragrance of your oils than any spice. Your lips drip nectar, my bride. Honey and milk are under your tongue. The fragrance of your garments is like the fragrance of Lebanon. A locked garden is my sister, my bride. A spring locked, a fountain sealed. Your shoots are an orchard of pomegranates with all the choicest fruits. Henna with nard, nard and saffron, calamus and cinnamon. With all the trees of frankincense, myrrh and aloes, with all choice spices. A garden fountain a well of living water and flowing streams from Lebanon. Awake, O north wind, and come, O south wind, blow upon my garden. Let its spices flow. Let my beloved come to his garden and eat its choicest fruits. Song of Solomon 4. This is a very strange language for us to consider in terms of beauty, um, part of it, you know, you're beautiful, you're beautiful. Um, there's a lot of, 
you know, good things said that are wonderful. But there's also things that husbands, I don't recommend that you say to your wives, you know, your hair is like a flock of goats. Your teeth are like a flock of shorn ewes. Um, not sure that would go over quite so well. Your cheek halves are like your cheeks are like the halves of a pomegranate. Your neck is like the Tower of David, built in rows of stone. Like, not sure any woman's gonna like really be impressed by that. So, uh, a little strange. Um, what does that? What does this mean? Well, of course, these are the images that are familiar within the cultural setting of Israel in about a thousand BC when this is written. And so it's written during the reign of Solomon and by Solomon. And it is just the things that were around that they, that they would be able to, to relate to. Um, he is praising his bride's beauty and husbands should praise their wives' beauty. They should tell their wives how beautiful they are in appropriate language that is, that is meaningful to your wife to tell her how beautiful she is and to show her that you appreciate her beauty, her beautiful eyes, her beautiful hair, her beautiful lips, you know, to delight in the physical beauty of your bride. Now, spiritually, Christ is making his church beautiful and he delights as he sees how his love is making us beautiful. He delights in the beauty that he himself is creating in us. And so, until the day breathes and the shadows flee, verse 6, very similar language to uh, chapter 2, verse 17. And when the day breathes and the shadows flee, I think is ultimately an eternity when there's going to be no more shadow of death, no more shadow of darkness, no more shadow of lies, and the day, the day of joy, the day of light, the day of life will fully breathe out upon the world. That's what we're all longing for. We're all longing for that day. Um, and perhaps here, though, it's a longing for the wedding day. That day will be the wedding day of the lamb and his bride. But this is a longing of an earthly couple for a wedding day. I will go away to the mountain of myrrh and the hill of frankincense um, to get to get expensive perfumes and ointments and things like that. Um, you are altogether beautiful, my love. There is no flaw in you. Jesus is making his bride flawless, spotless. And husbands should be loving their wives to help them grow in the Lord and help them grow in beauty, the inner beauty that comes from quietly trusting in the Lord and, and growing in him. There's a desire to be together. Come with me. Come with me. Let's go and be together. You have captivated my heart. You've captivated my heart with one glance of your eyes. My sister, my bride. If you're married as a Christian husband, your bride is also your sister in Christ. And so this is good language for you. You've captivated my heart, my sister, my bride. How beautiful is your love, my sister, my bride. She's your sister in Christ. She's your bride of your love. She is the one that you should be captivated by. How much better is your love than wine and the fragrance of your oils than any spice? Your lips drip nectar. 
honey and milk are under your tongue. This is, this is physical, passionate intimacy. And he's longing to enter into the locked garden, the spring locked. There's waiting for that wedding day. They've been, they've been keeping themselves pure until love, love is not awakened until it so desires. But on the wedding day, she invites him and she says at the end of this, uh, let my beloved come to his garden and eat of its choicest fruits. And so there's that longing for that consummation. Um, we should be looking to be physically intimate with our spouse. We should be longing for that. It should delight us. But even more so, we know that that's an earthly picture of a heavenly reality that awaits us. That is better, far better than anything in this world could give us in terms of real joy and real everlasting satisfaction, the living water, the flowing streams, the fountain, the, the fragrance. I, I have no idea what it's actually going to be like on the wedding supper of the Lamb in the new heavens and the new earth when all of creation is redeemed and restored, but it certainly seems like this is, this is giving us in some ways some hints of that, as well as several other passages where flowers will be more fragrant and light will be more bright and, you know, um, everything will be brighter and more beautiful and more satisfying and more refreshing than we could ever imagine. That is, that is what is coming in the new creation and the consummation. And so we should delight, again, what we're seeing here in Song of Solomon, we should delight in our earthly spouse as God's best heavenly gift to us. We should treasure, we should cherish, we should desire that intimacy, but that should cause our hearts to long for the day when we will be face to face with our Savior, when we will be free from all distractions and impediments, and we will be really at home in absolute perfect joy and the fullness of pleasure. And Psalm 16 ends by saying, in your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. In this life we get partial joy, incomplete joy, fleeting joy. In the presence of God we get fullness of joy. In this life we get pleasures that are temporary, pleasures that are somewhat satisfying but then not long-lasting. And at the right hand of God with the Lord Jesus Christ there is pleasure forevermore. That's what we were created for. Let's pray. Father, you delight in delight. You rejoice in joy. And it is your pleasure to give your people pleasure. That's something we often don't think of, but it's true. You made us this way. And you're not withholding good things from us. You're wanting to give us all good things. You're wanting to withhold from us things that would really hurt us, things that would take us away from the source of our pleasure, away from real joy. So help us, Father, to trust you, to wait upon you, to long for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining me for Song of Solomon 4. Tomorrow we're going to go back to 1 Thessalonians. So I hope you can join me for that. Have a blessed day in the Lord. Mm -hmm.